Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? The excitement of walking down the aisles, browsing the names in the artwork, and finally deciding on the movie you were going to take home with you. Sure, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era and streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your house, but there was something truly special about leaving Saturday detention, picking a movie out by hand, and falling in love with it when you got home. On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Mike Schulte, and joining me as always, the basket case and the criminal, Sean Pryor and AJ Vince. How are you guys today? Yeah. I'm the basket case. Well, it's implied (laughs) by the the order, but I'm just saying you can find it out. (laughs) Cool, man. I'm criminal, huh? I guess I got to play some catch up here. Criminally criminally (laughs) beautiful. Uh, You guys are really sweet yeah <laughs> we planned this like sean knew i was gonna say that so we are you, are you you're the athlete you're the athlete <laughs> i prefer musician um, is there, there wasn't one damn it there wasn't one <laughs> well of course we, club. we we were talking about a fabulous club but before we get to all this i wanted to tell you something special Ooh. Today is our 13th movie review. Well, our 19th total episode. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, hope man. You, I hope you guys are having fun. This is uh, this is everything that I've ever hoped for. Um, <laughs> no, I. Uh, this is like uh, like on our other podcast, uh, I'm Super Stoked Podcast. You can go check that you out. You should check like. that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love to dive deep into some movies, but uh, we usually cover um, other things besides just movies. And uh, this is a good chance to pick one movie and go really 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 deep into it and it's uh that's all i ever like like any, anybody that ever just talks to me randomly is usually about movies and <laughs> i love it so to do it and record it with you guys it's really been really awesome yeah it's uh it's been wicked fun doing this show i i think you were asking uh like us right or, or was, asking yeah, the I, audience because you know, they can't respond okay, so it's a okay. point be like hey audience do you like this that's what i assumed by just long pause i assumed you weren't stupid i just you know <laughs> Well, it's clear that the audience is liking it. Yeah. We just last week we hit number twenty-seven in the United States for film review podcasts, wow. and we hit number twenty in Australia. Whoa, for film review podcasts. So if you're in Australia, if you're in Australia and you're listening to this, we want to hear from you. Yeah. No kidding, because we will come visit you for a tour. Absolutely. Yep. Yes, that's that. You'll be number one on the docket for uh for us getting first out trip there we're, yeah. we're all almost vaccinated we're, yeah, we're yeah. on our way and with, with all that said this is our last episode so <laughs> thank you guys so much uh it's been really fun our, our goal was to hit number 27 we've done it and that is it <laughs> well, we, top 27 club man <laughs> right there you go oh, no. well so yeah you'll either you'll either be listening to this in a few years and going wow like that was their worst point look at them now they're world famous <laughs> or this will serve forever as a reminder in time that 
that we once kind of did sort of good. We made an impact on something. <laughs> <laughs> Our name is out there some way, somehow. Yeah. If, if it wasn't by the podcast, then it was definitely by TikTok. But well, yeah. <laughs> and, and speaking of TikTok, I think we got a lot of new listeners from TikTok. If you're not, if you're not on there, if we've had a few videos get into some virality, the last one hit about 200,000 views and it was basically just people making fun of me for saying military <laughs> instead of military. So, I mean, you know, go check out the old TikTok. And, Whatever and, works. Yeah, Confused Breakfast. We're, we're throwing a bunch of uh, content up there and, and if you're if you're brand new to the podcast from TikTok, we're glad to have you. Yeah, totally. thank you guys. But we also have another voicemail to play. Ooh. As you remember, we, we gave you our phone number. We said we said call 319-804-9596, and you let out frustrations. You, we had a guy call, and he was really mad at us for our Three Ninjas review. Yeah. This particular person was not mad at us. Oh, cool. Thank Let's God. listen to this one. Tell us how good we are, please. Hey, boys. What's up? It's your boy, Vash. I've known Sean and AJ since the rapids days back in high school oh, yeah. uh, i just wanted to say i love the podcast and i'm excited for when the beethoven podcast comes oh, out because yeah. that movie was a staple of mine growing up once again love you guys can't wait to hear some more so proud of you all keep kicking ass see you don't, yeah, dude. you don't wow. have Jacob to Bish. you don't have to be mad all the time you know like we do get some things right this guy clearly thought we've done some good things here you know what i mean that's awesome yeah, yeah i see i see him uh commenting on the uh social meds and everything like that thanks for listening dude that's awesome Very and i uh, cool. hope you're doing well yeah, thanks so much. It's it's nice to hear some love, <laughs> um, <laughs> especially after that last one. Yeah, Jeez, we really we really got just really got cornholed on that last one. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it's some good positive vibes coming off of there. Thanks, some variety, Bash. yeah, some variety. We want some negative. We want some positive. We want some lukewarm. I don't know. We yeah. just we just don't care. We just yeah. want you to call and leave yeah. a voicemail. That's really all it is. Yep. We're gonna we're gonna take voicemails. If we accumulate a ton of them, we'll probably do a, a full blown episode where we we just get drunk and listen to every <laughs> single voicemail and try to respond to it. But for now, if, again, you leave us those reviews. But if you'd rather leave us a voicemail and be played on the show, call us up 319-804-9596. We'll take it all. Angry hey, and, and happy. Uh, he uh, included a suggestion as well and you guys can totally do that because beethoven i haven't seen in forever and it would be fun yeah. to watch again yeah great call out on that <laughs> right one. Mm -hmm. well it's definitely not beethoven uh, a staple of our caller here but this movie is a staple of many people around the world the movie that showed us all that we have more in common with our fellow humans than we think we are of course talking about 1985's the breakfast club and i gotta say you guys it's good that we're doing this now because this movie is about to be canceled, unfortunately. <laughs> the getting, content in this movie, we are, we are this close. Even though this is like probably the, a staple of just humanity. Yes. And should be, I, I think, is in the Library of Congress right now. It could, it could be taken out of there, right? We, we don't know what's coming next. We don't know. What are they going to get next? And, and, and if we can go ahead and say that if we do say that we really like this movie, we're not endorsing any sort of bad That's things. That's right. We're just saying we like this film. Correct. As a, as a, as a moment in time. We're right. not endorsing any bad things. No. 
Did, nope. did, was that even needed to be said? No. I hope it wasn't. <laughs> like, you you, you, you know. never know. Somebody might re-listen to this in 20 years and be like, oh my God, those guys said the Breakfast Can- Club was good? <laughs> cancel Confused Breakfast. <laughs> we're already canceled, dummy. <laughs> Humanize the goons. We're the goons. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, as always, before we get started with the full movie breakdown, we're going to give you some pertinent, important background info on this movie that you can take with you as we go scene by scene. So, Sean. Uh, you didn't do it this time. All right. <laughs> Sean by Sean break <laughs> um the breakfast club that's it go ahead aj uh, no. uh, <laughs> produced by john hughes and ned tannen written and directed by john hughes cinematography by thomas del ruth edited by dd allen and uh, today don't know uh starring emilio estevez anthony michael hall judd nelson molly ringwald ali sheedy paul gleason and john capelos Towards the ending of filming 16 Candles, Hughes asked Hall and Ringwald if they would want to be in The Breakfast Club. Ringwald was originally going to be cast as Allie, but she was very upset because she wanted to play uh, the, the role of Claire, which saw auditions by Robin Wright, Jodie Foster, and Laura Dern, which wow. would all have been yeah. fantastic. Wow, yeah. Uh, Emilio originally ad- auditioned Emilio! for John Bender. <laughs> Emilio <laughs> originally auditioned for John Bender, but Hughes couldn't find anybody to play Andrew, so Estevez was recast as Andrew. Okay, which I can't really see Emilio Estevez being Bender. No, I don't know. I think it would have been weird over the yeah vibes. All right, <laughs> Nick Cage. Yeah. <laughs> was considered for the role of John Bender, the last role to be cast. The role was down to John Cusack and Judd Nelson, unfortunately. Hughes didn't think Cusack was threatening enough, to, uh, so the role went to Judd. Judd stayed in character offset, going as far as to actually harass Ringwald to the point where the rest of the cast had to convince Hughes not to fire him. Right. Wow. Like, he was really, like, get it, like, do... um, Method acting, pretty yeah, much, yeah, and just staying right. in character the entire time. And I think it was uh, 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 Dick. Um, Paul Gleason. Yeah. Paul Gleason, who, yeah. who, who said, like, who had to, like, tell Hughes, like, no, he's... No, this is good. He's Let being, him keep going down this. Do this, yeah. Right. But uh, Hughes said that the film was met with skepticism because Hughes was a first-time filmmaker uh, after 16 Candles. However, the single location and modest $1 million budget convinced the studio to go ahead with the project, which is... Just music to studios ears when it comes to like budgeting a film. It's like it's in one location. There's like n- we just have to build it and yeah. then we'd never leave. Yeah, there's like maybe ten actors. We just have to rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and that's it's like a play. You just give us a stage, which is the high school. Wow. And that's uh, music to any studios ear. So filmmakers out there <laughs> contained like Saw, like you know the movie Saw, like that that movie got sold really quick because it's just a contained kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, principal photography began on March twenty eighth, nineteen eighty four, and ended in May. Filming took place at Maine North High School in Des Plaines, Des Plaines. Illinois for the interior. I mean, Des Moines. Des Plaines. I don't know. I, I think that's actually Des Plaines. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I, know, it, I don't know why they call it different from Iowa. They just like to be different from us. I yeah, guess it's fine. It's weird. Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> I do Des say Plains, that in my head, though. Des Plaines, Illinois for the interiors. Exteriors were shot at Glenbrook North High School. The actors rehearsed for three weeks and shot the film in sequence, which is actually pretty rare for a film. Usually, like for con- like budget wise and everything like that, they'll pick a location, get all those scenes done at-, at a location, then move on to another location. Or like if they are scheduled these actors these days, they'll get all those scenes done with them first. But with the budget being what it is and the the location being what it was and the actors it being who they were, sense, right? they just kind of went from beginning to end. 
Well, okay. we don't do it. Like, that's how we film this podcast. We actually film it. We start at the <laughs> yeah. end, and then we go to scene yeah. one, and then we go to scene four, and then we just piece it all together. When we have to move locations <laughs> in the middle of the yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, go to, we go to Mike's house right. first, and then we go to mine. We're yeah. always the first. Yeah, for whoever's segment, whoever segment it is, that's whose house we record at, so they're comfortable. So it's, for, it's for budgetary constraints. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the film was released in cinemas on February 15th, 1985 and made 45875171 domestically, debuting at number 3 at the box office. And that is The Breakfast Club as far as right now. Well, there's one important thing we need to tell you about. When we first started this podcast back in October, we had to decide exactly what day we were going to release episodes on. Mm -hmm. And we didn't just randomly come up with Wednesday. We knew that in about 19 episodes <laughs> right. that that AJ's favorite movie, Confused Breakfast, was going to need to be talked about. And we figured we would release it on Breakfast Club Day, which is today, you guys, March 24th. Today. March 24th is Breakfast Club Day. We've been planning this for like a year. That's yep. why this is our last one. Yep. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> it all comes down to this. <laughs> so, so like I said, th this is AJ's movie. And, you know, before we dive into this, we always like to give a little bit of an insight into what everybody was thinking the first time they saw it, when they saw it, what their rating was. So, AJ, it's your choice, man. This is one of your favorite movies ever. Let's, yeah. let's hear what that first experience was. First experience was not good. Uh-oh. Okay. How about that? Wow. Um, this is something that I, I kind of grew to to understand because when I first saw it, I was I was really young. I didn't get it. It was boring. It was talky. It was Nothing I didn't happens. I didn't identify with these <laughs> high schoolers because I'm in elementary school, you know. Imagine that, like, you know, watching this as an elementary school kid. Uh, you just don't get it. Mm -hmm. Like you don't understand it. Like those those types of pressures that they talk about and, and they feel. Um, d didn't exist in my life. So I didn't understand it. And then, so I think it's more important to say how I felt like the fourth time I saw it, okay. you know, <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's like, that's what it was. I, I was like, ah, I don't get it. And then, and then you see it and like all of a sudden something strikes you and, and I, I saw this on TV and I was so mad every single time a commercial came on when, when I was watching this movie, I was, I was like so upset because it would be like, you'd be like invested in this like <laughs> emotional roller coaster. And then, the new puppies, the new charbroiled burger yeah. brought to you by Hardee's. By Hardee's. Carl Jr., fuck you, I'm eating. I'm just like, okay, well, uh, <laughs> but that was, that was like my first like real memorable experience watching it and like being like, like coming around so invested in this movie. So, um, uh, I, I hated that it was edited, but it kind of, it didn't matter to me at that point. Yep. You know what I mean? So, um, but I'm gonna. I'll give you the average of that, and okay. I'll say like my average score was was honestly like a a, a five. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. What about you, Sean? Uh, yeah, I was I was a kid uh, when I first saw this movie. This was just like kind of a staple for my brother. The, where I watched this movie a lot was uh, my dad was married to uh, someone who, and he lived in Illinois. He was married to a woman who lived in, <laughs> lived in Illinois, and we all lived, we all just like went up there to visit. And um, our step cousin, we would stay at his house just uh, when my uh, dad and, and his wife were at work and stuff like that. And we would just watch the Breakfast Club all over and over and over again. And uh, I don't know why it, we we just liked it, and we we liked Bender's you know isms and everything like that. 
Um, so we just, we wash it all the time. And, uh, after that, it's, it's just the breakfast club at that point, you know, like as you grow up, it's just like the move, the movie, the high school movie that to define all high school movies, my thoughts about it when I first watched it, it was probably just like, it's a good movie. Just kind of like a lot of, a lot of these other movies that we watched for the first time, you know, it's just like, it's a good movie. I like it. So probably around five, 5.5. 5, mm-hmm. I'd have to say. Yeah. I think that's really similar for me. I, I watched it probably junior high maybe so i was like get i was getting there but i also just like i had a good home life i was a fairly popular kid that didn't really have any enemies so it's like i just like i don't get this is this what high school is gonna be like (laughs) because i don't like it i'm neither of these people but uh yeah i was i was probably i was probably like five just it was just a movie right it was just it's just a movie no big deal it's just a movie it's not a big deal no it's not a big deal and we have to say I think you're kind of under underplaying this a little bit, AJ. This is your favorite movie. Yeah, I mean, this is this is my f- favorite movie. So for for me, I mean, we'll get to your review at the yeah. at the end and everything like that. But it's, it must be said. <laughs> yeah, it is my favorite movie. <laughs> now, favorite movies are a seasonal thing, but I think that this is just always one that is at the top. Like it, it's just a not question for me. You know, if you ask me what my favorite movie is, I'm probably going to say this movie. Okay, nice. yep. gun to the head, like you have to pick a movie. Yep. Okay. Yep. Fine, I did. There's some real contenders, but this is probably it. Yeah. Well, well, then AJ, you get to do the honors like you always do. We like to talk about film reviews. Uh, we want to know what the critics and fans alike have been saying about this movie. Uh, bold prediction, maybe the best rated IMDb that we've done so far. Boy, probably, I don't probably know. Probably by far, right? I think it's it's up there. But it's still in the sevens. It's still in the Jesus sevens. Christ. We haven't gotten out of that seven yet. <laughs> I will still. I will still give you the uh, the the good old tomato meter. We first. we do go by that. Let's we, go by the like, tomato. We meter. like to. I like to start with the eighty nine percent on the tomato meter. <laughs> Certified fresh. Oh yeah, which I think means something in tomato meter. <laughs> I think it does. What does that yeah. mean, Sean? It just means it's it. It's just the staple of approval. Yeah. Well, yeah. Can I throw my thoughts on that? Is yeah. that rotten tomatoes are bad, mm. but like you, it won't be a rotten tomato if it's fresh. That's right. So right. then that means it's good. It means it's very good. It means like <laughs> it, <laughs> yes. so it's edible. So it's edible. So you. <laughs> Are we talking about the actual? <laughs> we're talking about the actual tomato. <laughs> it's good. Okay, good. Sounds good. Fresh guys. means good. Go AJ. Eighty-nine <laughs> percent on the tomato meter. Uh, so for like critical reviews, all that good stuff. Um, the audience score is even better at ninety-two percent. Nice. So audiences love this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, at least since the internet, you know, <laughs> tomato meter and you know rotten tomatoes. Um, as far as uh, IMDb and kind of what you were talking about, highest rated. I think this has got to be right there, seven point eight out mm-hmm. of ten. That's pretty mm-hmm. pretty and high. I don't know if we've gotten out of the sevens going up, right? I don't think we have. I, I don't think, think so. we've hit an eight. No, on, on, definitely on haven't hit an eight yet. Yeah, we've had some fives. Yeah, um, Metascore. I've been throwing that at us more recently, which is uh, like the the critical stuff of uh, that you'll find on IMDb, sixty six. I I decided that I was going to do some things a little bit differently on this one, oh. okay? Um, now, I wanted to start off with, like, kind of the good stuff from, um, like, the, the critics, okay? And I'm going to give us some bad stuff from the people. Okay, okay. cool. I like that. <laughs> um, I thought I, you wouldn't give us any bad reviews, so I, I really appreciate <laughs> that. 
uh, it's not that that's the thing. Like, I think it's more intriguing on a movie that is in fact, like as res- respected or regarded yep. like this. I think it's good to get the bad side of it because everybody else can be like, Oh, I just identify with so-and-so and my high school experience. And I was also friends with the janitor and it's just like, okay, guy. <laughs> wow. That movie really nailed it for you. Well, <laughs> um, Brad Laidman from uh, Laidman. Yeah, that's a great, right. great last name. He gave it an 80 uh, uh, review, uh, 80 out of 100 uh, from Film Threat. This could have been an unmitigated disaster, but Hughes' Hughes's way with the material ensured it a special place in the heart of just about everyone who happened to be in high school while Ronald Reagan was president. Hmm. So... Uh, like I say, a lot of good positive stuff coming through here. Uh, I'll, I like uh, real, re- real views, real views. James Berardinelli. <laughs> and yes, I did yeah. say that night, that, that right. Eminently watchable and consistently entertaining. It has a candor that is unexpected and refreshing in a sea of too often generic teen themed films. All right. Okay. Yeah, okay. Seventy-five out of hundred. So we Pretty got good. good stuff coming through here. Okay. Do you guys want to hear about what what Raj said? It's your boy, dude. Gotta hear Raj. Give us some Raj. Raj. I'll give you a little bit about Raj. Okay. I won't give you the whole thing because he just he writes novels. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll give it like I always like to start. I'll give you, the, give you the start, and I'll give you the finish, okay? The Breakfast Club begins with an old dramatic standby. You isolate a group of people in a room, you have them talk, and eventually they exchange truths about themselves and come to new understandings. William Sarion and Eugene O'Neill have been here before, but they use saloons and drunks. The Breakfast Club uses a high school library and five teenage kids, mm. Okay. So more or less con- comparing it to um, like the old Westerns, yeah. the, the saloons and like, you know, you kick it open, you have to walk up to the bar, you order my drink. Everybody and I, hates and you. Nobody talks to me because I'm the hardened man and everything. John Bender, that kind of a thing. And he's also talking about like the Wild Bunch uh, being secluded in like movies like The Thing that were inspired by that movie as well, where it's just like, and, and the Hateful Eight, Ten Little Indian kind of tales, Ten Little Native Americans. Yes, please. Um, uh, tales where it's just like these group of people hold up in a, in a spot and they have to learn to get along or they don't yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the performances are wonderful, but then this is an all-star cast as younger actors go. Uh, in addition to Hall and Ringwald from 16 Candles, there's Sheedy uh, from War Games, Estevez from Repo Men, yeah. Judd Nelson, uh, not as well known, uh, but his character creates the strong center of the film. His aggression is what breaks the silence and knocks over the walls. Um, the only weakness in Hughes' writing are in the adult characters. The teacher is one-dimensional. One note, the janitor is brought on stage with potted philosophical talk that isn't really necessary. Typically, the kids don't pay much attention. I don't know. I'm going to disagree with that. Yeah, okay. I'm going to disagree with Raj on that one. And that's why I like to see these things, yeah. because I like to see if you guys yeah. uh, agree or disagree. Um, he did make a note that he doesn't think that the R rating of the film, uh, he thinks it really refers to the language more so than anything. Um, and he thinks PG-13 would have been more suitable for this. Hmm. Um, I agree. He, he, he Basically, he says uh, it's appropriate for thoughtful teenagers. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. So uh, let's give some. Yeah, give, let's give us some, some negatives I'm give before you some we dive in. Let's get off of this. Just right? get it on we there. all know. Do yourself a favor. Don't watch it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a human being. <laughs> I don't know how a human being can like this movie. This is one of the worst movies I've ever watched. Terrible characters. Terrible writing. Terrible acting. An obvious message. Cliches. Everything about this movie is bad. End. <laughs> Thank you for being a human being. Thanks, man. 
that's great to be on the same planet as you. We, we, <laughs> you know, we we have to have the we have to have the the enemy. Yeah, we we have to have a common enemy, and I think that we could just point towards these people. Maybe. That, yeah, 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 I agree. Um, this movie doesn't deserve a star. That's what this person said. Uh, granted, I grew up in the 1990s, largely opposed to the 1980s, but I can surely say this movie doesn't rate it at all. Uh, I agree as colorful, ugh, but this movie doesn't even add up to the life. It doesn't explain it all and how high school works. The storyline is flirty with emotions, but so two-dimensional. Hmm. Thank you for your brilliant writing <laughs> as you critique John Hughes. The 90s were so much better than the 80s. So can I, can I give you guys, to finish this off, uh, it's the most useful, uh, most helpful negative review okay. found on IMDb for Breakfast Club. I'm in. Okay. All right. Uh, a little bit longer, so I apologize. Warning, spoilers. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. In 2015. Uh, inexplicably hailed as a cult classic when I first saw this atrocious film, I was the same age as the main characters, but not, parentheses, but not the same age as some of the actors playing them. Judd Nelson looks like he's, 20, he's 26 years old. Doing this. Uh, it seemed empty and utterly false then, then, and 30 years on, it looks even worse. It's on TV right now. The characters are impossible to like or care about, and the script is arguably the worst thing John Hughes ever wrote. He's currently watching it as he writes this. He's, he's, <laughs> he's like live tweeting it. Because like, <laughs> I was big in 2015. Yes. <laughs> uh, parentheses. He never wrote anything good, but this garbage screams to be taken seriously without doing anything to earn the right. And parentheses. I hate this person. I know. Some people like this movie because it reminds them of Teenage Rebellion. I hate it because it has nothing honest or interesting to say about people of any age. No character says or does anything believable, and the hasty boy-girl pairings shoehorned into the final five minutes come out of absolutely nowhere. I will agree with that. The prettying up, this parentheses again, the prettying up of Ali Sheedy's token weird girl to make her an acceptable makeout target is particular baffling yeah I, I agree this film has no insight no truth no entertainment value and no point I just everyone involved <laughs> should have been given Saturday detention for life wow Ooh, wow what a ringer there at the <laughs> so you so, did pay attention in the movie so there you go so uh, I, I like I say that was the most helpful uh, it was a hundred and Four people found it helpful okay. out of 159. Okay. Well, well, you are you are validated. You are now <laughs> recorded history. There you go. Congrats. <laughs> well, what do you say, boys? What do you say we uh, break some rules, get sentenced to Saturday detention, pop on one of the most iconic songs from the 80s, and dive the fuck in? Oh man, here <laughs> we go. On Saturday, March 24th, 1984, five students report to Shermer High School at 7 a.m. for detention. Each comes from a different clique. Claire Standish, a snobbish beauty. Brian Johnson, a brainiac. Andrew Clark, a wrestler. John Bender, a rebel. And Allison Reynolds, a shy girl with unusual behavior. 
They gather in the school library where Vice Principal Richard Vernon instructs them not to talk, move from their seats, or sleep until they are released at 4 p.m. He assigns them a thousand-word essay in which each must describe who you think you are and leaves. John Bender, who has an antagonistic relationship with Vernon, ignores the rules and riles up the other students with discussion of school clubs. Vernon returns after finding the door closed and gives Bender multiple Saturday detentions moving forward. So it's become a bit of a mic of a mic thing after scene one is we we discuss how this intro compares to the worst intro in movie history. Speed, speed, <laughs> um, <laughs> not not great. Uh, it, it was two minutes of just ca- of just titles, yeah. but it had an unbelievably awesome song in the background. Yes, so therefore it beats Speed just slightly. Speed is still the worst intro of all time. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Th- I was. It, this might be the most iconic intro. Of yeah. all movie cinema history in in general, am I? I is that a fair assessment? It's, it's I the think song, so. probably. It's, right? It is. I think a big part of it has to do with the song. Simple Minds, uh, don't forget about me. Uh, not don't originally. You, don't you? Don't you? Parentheses. Forget about. Forget me. about me. Thank you. Parentheses. <laughs> um, uh, not actually written by that band, no. by the way. It was not originally written by them, and uh, they've. There's so many other people that were slated to play this song. Yes, there was. And uh, and these are the guys who ended up doing it. And thank God they did. Um, I couldn't imagine throwing my fist in the air to any other song. No. So Keith Forsey wrote it, and it was performed by Simple Minds, like you said. They were initially reluctant yes. to record it, believing that it was just a throwaway song for a forgettable movie. They recorded the song within three hours and then completely forgot about it <laughs> as they continued to work on their next album. After the movie came out the band discovered that the song had reached number one in the u.s charts <laughs> like even to even like la- lazy to the point where like the la 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 yeah. they were gonna fill in with lyrics later but they just <laughs> recorded it and they were like fuck it put it out there who Hurts. gives a shit <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable yeah and i'll be honest with you guys if you go back and listen to their other albums nah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't like to bash people or like their music or what they've really poured themselves into but yeah, this was, <laughs> this was a good song. This, the one you, this was you guys. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it is like a fucking good, great song, though. Yeah. Like it, we it can't be understated whatsoever. Because, and I think was it uh, the replacements were originally going to do it as well. There was a lot. Like and, I said, there was a ton. They they yeah. kept this guy Keith just kept going to bands yeah. and like oh, I don't know. I yeah. think sounds uh, like a dumb movie. I think the the woman from the replacements, her like boyfriend or husband at the time was in Simple Minds, yeah. and she gave it to them or something. I okay. think that's it what was I a throw. That it was sounds like right. Trying to help my husband out. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get him a good single. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So going back to like you know. It's just boring shots and stuff, but it, it does like rewatching it this time, especially obviously, because uh, you know me, I never watched the beginning movies anyways when I was a kid. <laughs> I I loved watching those go through, and you start to see a lot of references, you know, kind of foreshadowing almost to mm-hmm. the stories you're about to hear about. You know what I mean? Like you start to see a lot of the scenes. You see Brian's locker. You see Bender's locker. You see the locker room. You know, you see uh, the bulletin boards about prom coming up, things like that. You know, the <laughs> the counselor's office, all these scenes like in reference to kind of like where these people come from or even like the day before, mm-hmm. you know, potentially uh, in reference to Brian's locker. Yep. Um, the quote by David Bowie mm-hmm. before the glass so breaks. Awesome. 
the, which I thought that might have been like a little over the top, but at the same time, you're just like, all right, that's it, were, it, it ended the song, yeah. it, it, it ended, it set the tone, and then it was gone. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about the glass breaking uh, today while I was watching it again, while listening to it uh, while driving. Um, <laughs> the I have I have a point to make about that uh, a little later on um, when we get when we get to that point. But uh, Mike was mentioning uh, earlier to me that uh, the the empty shots of the high school and everything like that is like really sets it up. Like you said, it really mm-hmm. sets it up really nice. But it's also like I don't know if you guys have been in detention or anything like that, or just like went to a school after hours or before hours, but it's weird to see it, it empty. Yeah. It's really, really weird. It's and very strange. Very surreal. And just, just like being in high school is just surreal, but that with, without people is like, it's something that not everyone sees, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't know. It's just, there's something weird to it for me. One of those shots is in Mike specific, like specifically for me is like the one of the cafeteria where it's just like the, the like vending machines and cut and it's just like empty. And yeah, you ever go into like, you're like, if you ever went into a high school and you just hear like the vending machines and like refrigerators just buzzing and yeah, it's just yeah. weird to be in this loud, big room with nothing going <laughs> yeah. on. Super strange. Yeah, I agree. Very strange stuff. Man. Yeah. This opening as well, it just perfectly kind of symbolizes each character on their own without even yep. saying really much yep. or, or anything at all. When they, when they all arrive, they all have their kind of quirks and especially when uh, Ali Sheedy's character, her name's Allison, she arrives and almost runs into Bender. It's, it just, yeah. it's like a perfect, like the, it, it just establishes them perfectly right away. Right, right before anyone's even really done anything. Really, you yeah. kind of You kind of get the idea of who's who. Yeah. yeah. There's some really fun stuff in like uh, the parents dropping kids yep. off and like all that stuff. Uh, one of the most funny things is Brian's parents. That's actually his, That's mom, actually and his sister. mom and sister. Yeah. That's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> and did you see their license plate? No, what did it say? E equals MC2. Or e- <laughs> EMC2 equals MC squared. That's pretty awesome. I did so, not notice yeah. that. So, uh, uh, and we'll get to who picks him up. You're right. Like Bender just walking. He just doesn't care. He's done this a hundred times such before a cool probably. Walk. Such a cool walk. Oh, His yeah. head's in the air. He yeah, just he, doesn't care. He flinches a little bit, yeah. but not yeah. like, I mean, he's he was close. ready. He was ready, close. but he they said, sh- no, nope, I, I don't care. I, I mean, I'm going to keep walking here. <laughs> they shoot it really well. It's like, really well. <laughs> it's really well done. I hope so. that's a first take. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you guys, did you recognize Andy's dad at mm. all? I immediately, again, me being uh. the guy that's like, I don't know the the famous actors, but I'm like, oh, that was the guy in Ernest yep. Goes to Camp. Uh, his name was Ron Dean. He was he was a B B list guy. He was in Rudy. He was in The Dark Knight as a detective. Uh, he yeah. was in The Fugitive as a detective. Um, more importantly, he was Uncle Pat in Cocktail, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> the guy that runs the bar with that Tom Cruise goes to. Who, Uncle yeah, Pat. He, no, no, Mike. Yeah, he has two Ron, lines in that movie. He, Ron Dean, dude, <laughs> I recognized That's him right away. He is he is in Dark Knight. <laughs> yes. He's, he is. he's he's one of the detectives that uh, messes up or like dead yep. goes after. Yep, exactly. Catches him in the bar. There you go. So is Anthony right. Michael Hall, you guys. Uh, he's in Dark Knight as he well. Is. He is. He, yeah. he is. He is. Maybe that's how they got the role. That's you know? Maybe. Maybe they're buds. <laughs> um, if if writing an essay for eight hours is anything to uh, say, like what uh, were you guys ever in detention? Like, would you guys ever have detention? What they make you do? Nothing. Nothing. It was, it was like what they said. You just, you can't, you're not there for, you're there for zero pleasure, no talking, no nothing. You just literally sit there and do homework or yeah, that's whatever. What I had to, to do homework. Yeah. To us, it was homework. If you got homework, of course you got homework. You go to school here, you yeah. basically, you know? And so it's like, okay, yeah, you do your homework. 
I mean, hanging out in the library for eight hours doesn't seem like a bad time to me. Like, it seems like it sucks and everything. It'd but be worse like, if it was a classroom. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's where my shit was. Library, yeah. You, you like, I feel like the, the library is, like, big and expansive. It's like, you have your, room for your mind to grow, you know? That, I don't know, maybe I'm just talking out of my ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably are, right? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit, Sean, okay? You're not, a, you're not exploring the depths of this library. You're that's sitting true. in a chair. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, kind of a dope-ass library, I'm just going to say. It, is it pretty was cool. a dope library. Cool. Well, and that is a, that is a test Testament to many, many people that I've realized have gone to high schools that had like 50 people in their class, a hundred people in their class where sometimes a movie like this does not resonate to be like, how do they all not know each other? Yeah. They, they literally have never like talked to each other or been in a class with each other where there are these giant schools in the world where yep. there are like 10,000 people that go to the school and there would be a need for a giant library like that. And, totally. and where you just have no clue who your other fellow students are. I yeah. still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like people will come up to me today. Like, I mean, not Jacob Beshwar, our call earlier a very good friend of mine but uh people come up to me today and be like hey sean i'm like <laughs> hi boy <laughs> yeah hello <laughs> like trying to fish for their name you know yeah. <laughs> like can i see your id <laughs> uh, and this this is part of that that really adds to it like they don't go into depth a lot um this is one of those ambiguous starts to it it's like they don't go into too much detail about who each one is right off the bat. They let you determine that with their clothes and right. their habits and like little ticks and things like that. The, the moments of their parents dropping them off. Um, they don't even describe like what grade they're in. Nope. Nothing like that. Nope, so you, true. you like, you get some, you get some a little bit like as it goes on, but fact, you don't, we even, don't even know their names really either nope. until the, till the movie goes on. Takes right. 26 minutes to get into the movie before you even know their names. Yeah. So. Actually, isn't it like 26 minutes before Allison even says a he word? That's right. Yeah. 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 And, and she's told to shut up right away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. You know, you know what I really liked? Uh, I, I, it, the more and more I watch this movie, the more I like Bender's performance. Yeah. I don't think I necessarily liked it at first or just didn't care, but there were some, there were some specific moments where he did some really cool things. Like when he was arguing back and forth with, uh, with vice principal Vernon, and, and he does the no, so yes. Like I, I yes. don't know why that that just his delivery of that was so uh, so awesome. And that's actually a funny joke that some of our some of our listeners, some friends of mine, we always used to go stop. <laughs> like, like we do that all the time. I love that. I love that. I mean, even yeah. that's really cool. To stop, yeah. you know they. They're, 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 this whole first scene is where they're really showing their stereotypical characters. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're learning who we think they're supposed to be in these first couple scenes. Yeah, and I think that's part of the depth of, of the movie. Let people just, some people like, like in some of the reviews you heard that they just kind of choose not to go into. They, they, you, you can't go into it thinking you know people because that's the trope. That's that's the pitfall yeah. of this movie, yeah. you know, is like if you just decide, to, oh, I already know who these people are, you know, and that's really what they're trying to get at throughout the whole movie. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, you're right. They're literally showing you who you think they're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, that's true. 
and and like we all we all knew a teacher like Vernon, right? I mean, like I I can oh, yeah. I can picture a few where as and we're going to get into his character a lot more later. But as an adult rewatching this, is like he was totally right about yep. Bender. He said, I, "I have it here." He said, "Spend a little more time trying to do something with yourself, and a little less time trying to impress everyone. You might be better off." Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it is like so true. It's just yeah. his whole approach exactly. Is wrong. And, and, and that was such a cool moment because he, he, he walks out the door and you see that instant regret yes. of which Rough. they could have, they could have cut that scene they're, They didn't, they didn't need to show humanized kind of version of, mm-hmm. of Vernon, but he was all charged up and then he walked out and he's like, God, why did I do that? You know, yeah. like I shouldn't have said that he could have easily been like a Strickland from back to the future yeah. where there's no depth to this person at all. Correct. But like, that's where I didn't like that review is, and we'll definitely I, talk yeah. a little bit more about, about about Vernon, but I thought upon rewatch, like he had a lot more important things to do with this. I movie, totally, you know? I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word sympathize, but I would something to that effect for Vernon uh, on this time around, on this time around, especially that moment yeah. right there. Like obviously he's being kind of a fucking dickhead and he's the principal. No one really likes him. Vice everything. principal. Vice principal. Sorry. <laughs> um, and the moment where he walks out and Bender says, fuck you to him is, I'm, I'm assuming like he doesn't want to be doing this. Like no. he doesn't want to be like this. He's just very fucking frustrated, yeah. Yeah. you know? And it's, and you're right. He doesn't want to be he, like, he's, he, he regrets saying that to him. Like he, yep. he doesn't want to be acting like this. He just has no other way to show it. Yeah. And we'll get, we'll get into it a little bit yeah, more. There's later, some, but, there's definitely some more stuff we yeah. can talk about there. Yeah. It's that barrier that he, when he walks through the door, he's got to turn it on. Yes. And he's like, I have to be this guy because I, I'm a man of respect. I have to garner, I have to earn their respect, garner their respect. I take their respect. And then he walks out the door and, and when he, when he's just dicking around in his office, he's not that guy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he's you know? sick of being yeah. that guy. Well, even as a vice president of an entire school principal, <laughs> vice principal <laughs> <laughs> of an entire school, which I'm assuming, like we said, was a lot of people. Mm-hmm. These five or six people are very, very intimidating to him. Yeah. You know, it's hard to do, I would imagine. And so to try and like keep up this demeanor is very frustrating for him. Yeah. And especially with a person like Bender, it's almost impossible. <laughs> right. Okay, so moving along, our first montage of passing time commences, and then conversations begin developing further. The kids start chatting about their parents, virginity, and weight issues. We are also introduced to Carl, the janitor, and the crew eventually makes it to lunchtime. The crew continues diving deep into conversations about their family life at home. Bender acts out, bringing Vernon back into the room. I really... Really love Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, I know. I I think I just like him in general, but in this movie, it was so great. Like Mm -hmm. his performance was awesome. His slip ups in his words, where Mm -hmm. he would like double say things, uh, to show like his nervousness, uh, his extremely bad timing getting into conversations, (laughs) and even like the physical comedy of like you know, he starts to move chairs and he goes, you will not move from your chair. And he, <laughs> he slides back. He slides back yeah. to his other chair. It's, he, or he even was, like when he's taking off his jacket and Bender's taking off his too. <laughs> yeah, and he starts to put his back on. He's like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, no, it is kind of cold in here. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> the shit's right. <laughs> Just cl- And so this was, he had only been really in what? Uh, 16, 16 candles. candles. So, so like he was, 
eventually getting in like to some becoming a household name, but he was still just a very young actor that was just kind of figuring out. So I loved him in this movie. He's so good. Yeah. He's one of my favorites for sure. I think it's like definitely one of the better, best performances in the movie. Um, And you're right. Just all of his little, like little ticks and things that he does just like, is what sets him off. You believe he is exactly what he is supposed to be. He also said there was a lot of improvisation that was allowed. Right, Right. And he, and he did the thing where he said, uh, uh, his reason for having a fake fake ID was so he could vote. <laughs> he said that was an imp- that was just improv. It was, him, it was yeah. just an improv, just going. Hey. <laughs> what a great way to say it too. He's like, why do you need a fake ID anyways? So I can vote. That it's was like, total, total like, ad lib. That was so good. Yeah, I like uh, uh, Bender and just how he simultaneously just tries to dismantle everyone in the room. Yeah. Uh, and and like if one's not working, he'll just go on to the next, and he's mostly trying to do Molly Ringwald, yeah. like dismantle her, but also Andrew, obviously, who's just hot-headed and defensive, and you know him just like the pecking order of of like giving Anthony Michael Hall's character just like nothing. He's like, excuse me, sick. What are you babbling about? <laughs> it's, it's automatic, the pecking order, like you just said. It's just established like that. It's yeah. crazy. It, it, it really defines, like, his character is really kind of the driving force of how things continue on in this movie. Yeah. Like, that's just, he that's is very the continuation. True. He's what drives it right through. In fact, if he, if Bender had not been there... Mm-hmm they would have sat in silence they for have. eight hours and yep. there would not have been a movie. Uh, you would have, I didn't think about that. I That's bet, not wow. true. Uh, if, if, if we're playing on that, I bet like, uh, you know, Andrew and Claire would have probably started talking a little bit. They're both kind of like popular yep. kids and stuff. I think, I think Allison would have sat in the back still and, and Brian would have just continued to do his paper. He, he would have 2,000 words yeah. <laughs> to try to, you know, yeah. <laughs> like be himself. So Bender, Bender in being the asshole yeah. and the chaos is what actually created order in right. that in that room. It's 100%. very, very true. Yeah. Yeah. That's, cool. some, that's some Jordan Peterson shit right there. Yeah, dude. man. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, you, you do, you kind of start to figure out people's, uh, people's places, like what, what, T- what makes him tick and and uh you know uh andrew is this hothead he's got this alpha complex going on and then you get like claire just doesn't even think she belongs there she's above it um uh, she brings out her sushi yeah. <laughs> oh, ain't nobody eating sushi in the 80s no, okay no way. Like, yeah it was just like becoming popular right. in america <laughs> i don't know Give it a try. <laughs> a lot of his little lines are are just fantastic. I love you know? Andrews. Like, I, and they all have their like their lunch thing. Andrews is like one of the funniest because he's just pulling out <laughs> sandwiches and apples and bananas, <laughs> and carton of milk, carton of milk, a whole bag yeah, of like potato chips. It's like a magician's hat, man. It's just like. <laughs> but you, but you knew every one of these kids at, at school. Like there was the kid that always had just the the giant bag oh, of food, yeah. and you know, like you knew that. Especially it was always the the jocks. Yes. just like I gotta have my protein, dude. You know, I gotta have my my gotta full get, balanced meal. My, get my macros. <laughs> 
gotta get my protein. There's bro. a there's a moment where he's holding his sandwich and like, everyone's looking at him behind him. He's holding his sandwich and everyone's looking at him and he like looks behind him too. And then a piece of salad, or a piece of lettuce, it's really good. like pure cinema. I bet John Hughes is like, that's it. We fucking got it. I saw that too. It was so good. Uh, it happens a couple of times. Like yeah, he, he, he like he's just trying to eat the sandwich and it's so full of of stuff. And like then you have. Allison, who just obviously, so what funny. kid? Uh, well, this it's only all I could take it to be is olive loaf, uh, the meat <laughs> on her sandwich, <laughs> yeah. like an olive loaf or something that she just whips baloney with yeah. chunks in it or yeah. something. And you're just like Captain Crunch and the pixie sticks. Pixie stick. like, it sounded kind of good. <laughs> it, it does look. Kind of good. Anytime like, a sandwich crunches, I am all in on that. Yeah. Like Captain Doritos Crunch. on there. Yeah, dude. I like, and I love, I love how she's got like her whole entire routine. Like she does this for yes. lunch every day. Yeah. Like, and no one has noticed somehow. She's just like, she's got a process. She's like, I'm doing yeah. this uh, to get rid of the meat, and then I put the put the pixie sticks <laughs> on, and then I'll do the crunch, and then that's kind of my favorite part. Yeah. And she eats it. Yeah. I it's, love it. It's a there's a method to that madness for sure. For sure. You think they all loved getting Cokes from the uh, vending machine? Oh, really I mean, in high school and stuff. It's like, oh, cool. We get to have Cokes, oh, not yeah. vending machine. <laughs> I don't know. Swiss and, Valley, bro. Yeah, all right. Didn't Bender, Bender like toss the Coke to Allison and she just caught it? <laughs> caught yeah. it. So, like little quirks like that in this movie. And this, it's like really only 80s movies that do this now. They have these like moments of sur- surreal surreality. Yeah. Surreal sur- reality. Surreality. Um, to them. Like that, like he, like that's not planned in the movie. No. Like they, they don't know each other, but he does that, and it, it, it works like that. There's a lot of John Hughes movies will do this too, and it's like we'll come up with uh, 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 coming up when we talk about like the dance scenes and everything like that, or just them. Yeah, yeah. Like movies don't do that nowadays. You know, they don't, they don't enter into that world of like surreality to just break up monotony. Right. In uh, '80s movies, did and John Hughes did that very, very well, especially in like Ferris Bueller's Day Off in in this movie. It, mm. It's so good at showing how slow time moved back then too. Mm-hmm. Like there are those those moments, those bored moments were just showing. They show the clock. Then nothing happens. Then they show the clock, and it's barely moved. Because <laughs> like that was kind of. You know when you were younger and you were sitting in school and you're looking at the clock going, "Oh my yep. god!" But now, t- now I go to sleep and it's five days later. Exactly. I'm like, oh my god! Yeah. Where's <laughs> it going? <laughs> so we we also got to meet Carl, who's going to play a very yes vital role later. But I wanted to give uh, a quick little tidbit. Uh, Rick Moranis. Oh yeah, that That's was originally right. cast as the janitor. Um, he grew a super thick beard and decided to play the character with a Russian accent. <laughs> And he w- he refused to ditch the Russian accent, and he, re- and he refused. He had this like set of giant keys that he had hanging b- between his crotch <laughs> as like a phallic thing, and he refused to change any of that. And John Hughes finally said, uh, "No, you're not." Like, Rick, I'm sorry. <laughs> or, no, sorry. It was producer Ted, Ned Tannen that was like so opposed to Moranis, <laughs> and they said, "This is not going to happen." <laughs> I mean, that's really funny, but it wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked. It would have been too outlandish. It would have been too outlandish. Yeah. Exactly. This is a very grounded film for the most part other than exactly what you just talked about sean is the serility of like like these little things that happen that could very well happen but at the same time they're not really like viable (laughs) you know what i mean Uh, a russian janitor with a a phallic key between his legs a character like that being in this movie would be like way like yeah i mean i'm just picturing you know him and ghostbusters and (laughs) that's exactly (laughs) what i was picturing so uh they 
uh, Bender and Andrew kind of come to blows in the, in, yeah. in these, in these scenes. But at first he does like the whole kind of reenactment of his family and, and saying like, um, uh, Brian's parents, your, your parents wet dream, pretty much, which is <laughs> yeah. really funny. Um, but do you guys think what he was saying was real, um, him, about his family and the cigar burns and everything like that? I don't, I don't find that there was any reason to, to it be disbel like for me to not believe it, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't see why not. Like, he's like, well, he's got the scars to prove it yeah you know i did i did read a theory which i i think i do subscribe to because he does walk to the school and i think i think uh he lives uh not too far away actually um that's how i like to picture it in my head yeah he just, that he's he, just kind of he around lives the corner. Like pretty much right next to the high school in mm-hmm. my in my mind uh, i heard a theory that because he racks up so many saturdays because he doesn't want to go home to that again ah and so he's there six days out of the week you know and just kind of chills out until he has to go home. I I, I do subscribe to that because totally. uh, I mean that that him acting out that much is he's looking for acceptance in a weird, strange way among everyone else by mm-hmm. being this cool dickish character. You know, like I I do. You don't never know what's really going on in people's lives, but I do kind of buy into that. Yeah, I think I do too. Yeah, I think that's a that's actually very very valid. You know, and he's so he's so particular about all the details of what do happen with his home life, Mm -hmm. you know, the words that are said by his dad and how his mom chimes in and how they just go to blows about every other time they get into it. Um, so yeah, uh, I'll tell you what, what about, um, who you got your money on? You got it on Andrew. You got it on Bender. Bender's much Bender's got a longer reach for sure. And he is, he's bigger, but he's got that trench coat kind of thing on, you know, that might, yeah, I don't know. Who are you putting your money on? Well, I don't know. It's prison rules or <laughs> normal rules <laughs> or like... Well, Bender does have a knife. That's yeah, true. Does he get to use it as... You know, he does say, I'd kill you. And he pulls that knife out. I'm man. going with Andrew just because he's trained. Yeah. And I don't th- I don't think Bender is really a fighter at heart. I think he's, I think he's more of a lover. I think you're right. I, I think, think he's right. A, I think it's a front. And Andrew has that cheese ball line. He says, two hits. Yes. <laughs> My fist, your face, and then you on the floor. That's right, buddy. <laughs> he's got all the, he's got all the, the lines. He does. Just kind of terrible cheese. Like, just, it's just really bad. I hit you, you hit the floor. <laughs> yes. If you, if you get me mad, you're totaled. <laughs> totally. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's been hanging around all the other jocks, and like yeah. that's all they talk about. They that's say true. these same things over yeah. and over, and so he's like portraying that in the real world, right? You know? Yeah, I just yeah, I don't know. I think it might be Andrew for me. I'm just like because, uh, like you say, it's not that I don't think Bender could like you know get get his moves in there. Oh, I yeah. just think uh, he's very passionate. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but I think he could. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, regardless, Allie stole or Allison stole that knife anyways. <laughs> yeah, just right. Plucks it right off the chair. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, I do kind of want to mention uh, the the fact that these movies, this movie, might be canceled anytime, any uh, any place, anytime. Uh, the flippant use of the of the f word and the obvious sexual harassment going on with um, yeah, it it it, it, is, it does get to be to the point where it's just like ugh. It becomes very uncomfortable when you like I mean, start to side with Andrew, especially because he's trying to defend her. Right, but, mm-hmm. but essentially the 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 just verbal sexual harassment, but then also the it's, assault. It's bad. Yeah, I mean that is an, is an assault moment that would not be tolerated in today's society. Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. When he's underneath the desk, yeah. That's, I think I think he says sue me, 
when after after he does that and yeah. it's like well she very well yes. has a clear cut case that she could <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely it, it, yeah i mean we'll say this often like we do but it's the 80s like that was it was just like kind of like that then and like people didn't really give they really think about it twice but uh in today's in today's eyes we got to mention it but um yeah it was the 80s yeah yeah well, let's move this party along. Let's go to scene three. After Vernon leaves the room, the crew sneaks out of the library with Bender as he attempts to find his stash of weed, his doobage, as he says. On their way back, it is clear that Vernon might catch him, so Bender sacrifices himself to save the group. Bender is caught in the gym and taken to a different room in the school and locked in. As Vernon spends time in the basement with Carl, Bender sneaks out and ends up back in the library. The, the the Scooby-Doo montage type thing where they're running through. That was very Scooby-Doo-ish where you run in one door and you come out another door. And yeah. I mean, like, the school couldn't have had that many weird twists and turns. Like, it, it, it seemed, again, it, it was like Sean's point. It was that 80s just kind of weird whimsical yeah whimsical and it totally works but if you're trying to be critical on it it's like yeah okay (laughs) yeah yeah and and i love uh, like a lot of a lot of these scenes or a lot of these shots of them running like the scooby-doo montage is a perfect analogy for it um when they like are running into frame and Bender's like getting a, or uh, uh, Vernon's getting like a drink of water mm-hmm. at the water fountain, he turns exactly when they're gone. <laughs> it's I'm like, God damn it! As a director, I'm like, Fuck yeah, that's so that's so money you're right there. How many times they oh, had to yeah. go through that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the timing of that and everything. It's such a good looking, um, it like just montage of, yeah. of all these things that, <laughs> and there's something very. I think they finally like the reason this had to happen was. And, and they don't even explain it very well, by the way. <laughs> they don't even really give much explanation. Brian's trying to find out. And he just keeps, he's <laughs> yeah. just like, what are we even doing this for? I don't know. Well, are we, like, what are we going to go get? Why are we going to this locker? I don't know. And just like, if you keep asking me questions, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> and just like, and so there's That's me. No, there's yeah, no, I, I was definitely me. <laughs> There's literally there's no explanation that that's really given when this kind of starts in right. It's very true. Like unless I miss something, um, but there's no real explanation uh, that I could tell. And Bender's just on this thing, and for, for some reason they all decide to go with him. Mm-hmm. Monotony, know? dude. It's what one o'clock, two o'clock mm-hmm. now. Like come on, this yeah. day is going on forever. Mm-hmm. I do uh, to, to backtrack a little bit. Uh, I do want to bring up the scene where um, Brian is uh kind of telling bender that he's like not a virgin or trying to like tell him that he's i've laid lots of times <laughs> I've laid lots. Of times. <laughs> and uh bender kind of gets him to sort of like imply that he had had sex with uh claire, claire yeah uh and he brings claire into it i i also i want i want to commend uh him for like just saying like I, I i didn't do it i it's it was all it was all just a lark to i didn't want you to know i was a virgin and everything like that i'm like that's pretty commendable. Yeah. You know, like that's, it's, it was such a big deal. Was it a big deal for you, for you guys and your friends in high school with like the whole virginity thing? Not thing? really. Yeah. Neither, neither was it us. It was just like kind of what we see in movies though. Yeah. I, I think it is what's one of those classic like high school things, tropes that you fall into that you're just like that people think. Yeah. And honestly, if you watch TV today, 
like TV shows today. They're all fucking. They're all like they might as well be in freaking middle school doing yeah. that stuff, man. It's insane. And so, like, y- you know, you were talking about obviously there are things in this movie that you just do not, should not get away with. But then at the same time, at least you have those moments of honesty that's like, no, I'm not, okay? I'm not fucking, okay? Yeah. We're not doing it and everything. And, like, if you watch today, it's like, if you're not, you are, you're going to get canceled off that show. Like, yeah. you're going to get dropped from the show because your character's not fucking. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous, man. And so, it, it comes up several times in this movie. Yeah. And so, it's kind of a, it's almost border, it's like borderline refreshing. I think that, so, too, yeah. It's not just about how much you're fucking. Well, that's the beauty of this movie, too, and obviously what you're getting at. The beauty of it is just breaking that down. It's just like, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But it, as we'll see, it still kind of matters even when you fucking get out of high school. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I mean, I'll get into it when in, in a later scene with Bender or uh, Vernon, but um, yeah, nothing really changes. Yeah. <laughs> the moment, uh, I, it's sorry to backtrack a little bit, but I think it's important for future podcast episode uh brian's trying to like put out this fire these fires that bender's starting always right yeah. and he's always trying to do it and this is the point where you finally finally start to learn those people's names and whatnot and like he's like well he's got a name yeah true yeah, andrew said that right and andrew says yeah. that he's like he's got a name he's like oh yeah he's like yeah What's your name? <laughs> he didn't know it either. And so, you know, he tells them his name and they're kind of doing, going around the room. And that's how they kind of start to learn a little bit about each other. And there's a moment where it's like, he says, why do you always have to put, put him down? Why do you always have to get down on him like that? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to do that. And Bender says, I'm being honest. I would expect you to know this, know the difference, you know? And I'll just leave that there. Like he decides to bring that up and I'll ask you guys about, later on mm. i think when we kind of get to the circle yeah. about some things about honesty and whatnot right yeah. so they plant that seed and then they move on mm-hmm. and so okay yeah the the basketball scene for me was really funny upon rewatch <laughs> <laughs> like and why did he why does he have one tennis shoe on like yeah. he had enough time to put like one tennis shoe yeah. on and the way he was overacting that and then like the fake like <laughs> flinch to <laughs> the ball what shoe <laughs> And then even even like Vernon kicking the ball back at him. Yeah, I I love I loved everything about that because it, it was clear he he was sacrificing himself for everybody else. Yeah. And Vernon pretty much kind of knew that, but he's just like whatever. I gotta I gotta deal with you now. We gotta leave here. Very very dramatic sense of uh, when they hit that when they hit that gate like in the yeah, hallway, no! and it's like. Like they couldn't see that from a yeah, hundred yards yeah, down exactly. the hall that the gate was there. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you didn't just turn the corner. I don't think so. And, and he's like, he kind of looks around and it's like a war movie or something. And it's like, wow, well, now we're busted for sure. And it's like, no, just me. And he's like, <laughs> it was a cool move. It's a pretty cool move. I'll be honest with you. It caught the eye of Claire. I think yeah, so. I mean, that was definitely a moment. She had been kind of giving him the eyes, you know, yeah. the, he's treating me like, like, like dirt yeah. so like i like him kind of a thing which is very stereotypical but like, bad boys god yeah right like he's <laughs> and then he keeps that bad boy image going going further and she's yep. digging it and then this was the final one mm-hmm. was marijuana that big a deal in the 80s because i know like I it was a, another another movie we're going to cover it wasn't uh that big a deal at all and it was like really just kind of in high school um but he well, was this is also 
thinking about one of the uh because a lot of the, we had with like like the ronald reagan that's the war on drugs oh yeah, so like yeah. True. Off. true true so very well could have been a big deal at that point that he had it you know i think that's very true yeah because be a lot like most of the characters when when they go to the locker are kind of like marijuana that's what we came here for and it's oh god you're gonna and they and they call bender like a, a toker yeah. like a, a dope fiend and stuff like that and only burners like you get high exactly <laughs> it's just like really people are were that prude back then yeah. for, about I, think, this shit? I think it was just they i think you're right like the the mm. other movie will do it was like yeah that's pretty cool yeah. and then it and then i think they started fighting the image of drugs i think that's true with the dare and all that yeah. stuff and and it started bringing oh that you don't do that that's only know. bad kids do that <laughs> yeah, yeah. they won't do you approve of this? <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's an awesome performance by Anthony Michael Hall. I love it, man, so much. Like, okay, but in high school for you guys, how big were your lockers? They were ha- they were half sizes. You guys had half sizes. Yeah, half size. Yeah, you had half size. We had full lockers, so we were we must not obviously. It didn't come from a town as big as you guys, uh, but we had full lockers. Now we had a locker buddy though. Oh, okay. So we had a locker shared buddy. Lockers? We had a shared locker. So you essentially had a half locker. You, yeah, but you had to decide who got the top cup of the middle. <laughs> and then you had to both hang your jackets in the center. And then and then it, your locker partner always ended up having a bunch of bullshit in the bottom of your locker by the end, like of middle course. of the year. So. I'm <laughs> glad I didn't have a buddy, man. Yeah, that was a Dude. big deal. Locker buddying up and stuff like Mine that. Mine was a like, shithole, man. Man, you burned some bridges if you weren't the same locker buddy as last year. So. <laughs> my, my locker buddy would have hated me, too. All my Jonathan Davis posters from corn <laughs> with his shirt off and his Adidas pants. Man, they would have hated yeah. me. <laughs> well, yeah, dude. Dude, yeah. So then then so he had the guillotine in there rigged yeah. up and stuff. And then like he graffitied it like with like what straight what up it, Sharpie. That was probably just thick Sharpie, wasn't it? Well, what did it say? It said something like kind of derogatory, it was, didn't it? Like you, it was like, like a fucking die or something. Yeah, on don't, do not open yeah, on Bender's locker. Yeah, do, do not it? open or, or you will die. And then it had the F word on it. The, the F word, yeah. <laughs> because he should, because he's Bender. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nobody cared, I guess. The guillotine rigged up was just kind it's of pretty a silly awesome. thing. It's pretty awesome. badass, but it's yeah, just it's, silly. It's him trying to impress people by being Billy Badass. It's like, right? when did he have time to do that? <laughs> yeah, no, and all his detentions. I suppose a de- t- detention, yeah. <laughs> Today in detention, we're going to do a home act project with yeah. your locker. <laughs> we got it. We got to talk about how important Carl is now because oh, this yeah. is after they've escaped uh, and gotten back Car- uh, Vernon goes down to hang out with Carl right I mean they, they don't purposely hang out but right. they end up hanging out and there's there's that incredible exchange which I'll read to you Vernon says I've been teaching for 22 years and each year these kids get more and more arrogant Carl says bullshit man the kids haven't changed you have and Vernon says these kids turn on me they think I'm a big fucking joke Carl says if you were 16, what would you think of you? Yeah. Uh, and, and like, it's such an important thing because for me, you know, like I hate when people talk about how they just, for instance, the Grammys were a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, and, and people are like, bull Grammys are crap. Look at all this new music, bullshit, crap. It's like music has not changed. You have, Mm -hmm. and it's the same when you look at kids and you're like, oh man, these kids, these kids are just way different nowadays. Like, no, they're not. They're actually like, you're the one. And and we'll get into it even later on how they bring that back around. But Mm -hmm. like Vernon is someone that I can totally relate to the Mm -hmm. older I get. He used to be probably Bender. Yeah. Like he probably was Bender. And yeah. then, and then he thought he was all righteous getting his life together. But like, resp- 
responsibilities ended up fucking killing him yeah. and turning him into a shit, hole, shit bag, you know? Like, I was thinking today, man, like if, if they, if, if Vernon was, uh, was Bender's age, they would probably party together. They'd probably get along. And if, if they could just like see past each other's bullshit, right. then I, I think they would actually learn a lot from each other. Um, I would like to read this real quick, actually. I wrote this about what uh, Vernon was saying to Bender. Uh, When Vernon is scolding Bender, you can see Bender seeing within Vernon that we really never grow. I think like, cause there's a shot of Bender when Vernon is, is uh, like scolding him. He's, he's like calling him like a piece of shit pretty much. And he's using like, or or no, he's like bending down, like hit me, hit me, dude, hit me, hit me, that, that kind of shit. And it's just like, you're an adult. What are you doing, man? Yeah. Like, and I, you can see that on Bender's face where he's just like, really? Like yeah. we just, I, you're acting like me right now. You yeah. know, like, do we, are we, is this all cyclical? Do we just like kind of repeat this bullshit that do we never grow up? He's learning that. Um, so you can see that on, on uh, Bender's face. Uh, we really never leave high school. It's still the same shitty clicks and dick measuring contests in the adult world. Vernon says he makes $31,000 a year, but is still threatening a kid. Yeah. It's very smart storytelling with these characters representing different times in our lives, but still we are very similar. We are still young and rebellious and scared and anxious and depressed and confused and misguided. As Allison says in the film, when you grow up, your heart dies. Mm-hmm. It's the in between the communication we have with each other that the realization that we are mostly not that different from one another at all that like really should just keep us going. That whole scene really affected me and really made me relate to Vernon and and see like what what he sees, but also see like the bullshit of it. Because like you two are are the same person. You're just from the totally different gener- generations, yeah. mm-hmm. and you can't see that. And that's the fucking problem with people today vernon was once bender and bender will be vernon exactly and and they still can't relate (laughs) you know it was a really it's a really great one of the better pieces in the that flick they're locked in that room they're locked away from the world he throws them in there you can see how much bender just doesn't care even though he kind of got what he wanted out of him he mm-hmm. he wanted him to break you know he's he's only there for, to to make him break yeah you know to make vernon break you know and he says he he was he's like asking him to take a swing and he there's a there's a point i remember reading that um judd nelson was kind of afraid of yeah. paul gleason at this point yeah. because he thought he was really going to hit him it's so like awesome. some of the fear you hear you see in his eyes is real like that's it's real like that that understanding and so uh, uh but it is I, I like that i like what you you've kind of read there and everything that's uh that's really cool thirty one thousand dollars a year um, I, know you did this. I know you, I know know you I did, did this. this math right do you guys know how much that i'm was? gonna take a guess i'm gonna say it's like 55 or something like that okay a little bit more, a little bit more. Do you have a guest around? Uh, no, okay. I have no idea. Seventy-five thousand three hundred and sixty-two dollars is approximately the uh, thirty-one thousand dollars. That's what we make for podcasting. That's, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. pretty good. So it's yeah. respectable, yeah. you know. <laughs> and he's got a home, so yeah, <laughs> he's got some. He's does he have equity. a wife? Did, did he have a wedding ring on? I don't. Oh, Ooh, I don't a good know. question. That's a great question. I don't remember. Yeah. I feel like he's newly divorced kind of thing, yeah, he, he which is why he's hanging like out that. there. God. <laughs> he's, or should be divorced. Yeah, because he's, because he's, he's that kids. age. He makes $31,000 a year. He has a home and he's probably divorced. He's like, because he doesn't want kids because he deals with these assholes every Very day. true. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> what you're saying uh, to John Nelson's uh, actually thinking that he was going to hit him, like that's him breaking character in reality, but it, also in the story, it's him breaking 
character, like wow. breaking down his defenses. Normally that much. wouldn't have worked, right? Exactly. But it actually did. Yeah. Well, let's keep let's keep this party moving. We're going to move on to scene four. The crew smokes Bender's weed, Fuck and it, they dude. continue to share stories and bond further. The students realize that despite their differences, they face similar problems. The group shares some very intimate and powerful stories. Brian shares a shocking story about contemplating suicide. Uh, Allison's kind of background gets more revealed, mm-hmm. or her character does anyway, not necessarily her background, I guess, but... Um, she, she like kind of comes out as being like a nymphomaniac, but not really just to get just <laughs> fucking with everybody. What, what do you guys think about like them, them all kind of ganging up on Claire trying to, trying to get her to admit that she's not, uh, that she's a virgin. I think, it, I think honestly is just like this, this idea of like, come on, like we're all doing this. Like yeah. we're all kind of going through this. Like we know each other now, you know, it, it feels like, the whole smoking weed thing and like going through that is like this breaking down the walls. The yep. walls are coming down. Yep. Like uh, defenses are coming down. And like, that's what that did. And, and like, it's like, come on, we've all, we've already done this thing. We've done how, what illegal stuff now yeah, yeah. be real with us. Come on, just answer the question. It's not that big of a deal, whatever, you know, it's true. She was so the too. last one to like finally break down to the wall. Finally give so up. they ganged up on her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a big deal, but like, it, and I think it's kind of, fitting for her character to be like confronted by it like and yeah. not and you know because i'm sure her friends are just kind of like they make up stories yeah. you know and totally. like yeah i did this with ted the other night <laughs> the and it's like they really didn't you know and so i think it's kind of like a kind of an eye-opening thing it's like it's not that big a deal just who gives a shit it's like mina suvari in american beauty yeah like where she's just the super cool girl who does it all the time yep. and then actual no she's actually mm-hmm. scared nerd that's a virgin yeah you know like it's it's that same popularity Definitely. complex yeah. yeah and and think of how many times claire has been confronted like this in her life completely as the princess you know what i mean she's just miss popular people agree with her gets what she wants how often does she ever get confronted like this yeah that's why it's so hard for yeah. her to answer, you know? I loved, loved, loved stoned Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, man. <laughs> because, it, you, know what it, you know what it immediately reminded me of the minute when he was, like, talking? And he's, got, he's like, hey, man, what did it? Yeah. Do you know what that reminded me of? <laughs> yeah, we, Weird Science, weird right? Because <laughs> it's the same way that he acts when he gets drunk at the bar yep. in Weird Science. <laughs> so then I had to know. I go, well, which one came first? Both those movies came out in the same year. No shit. Uh, February 85 was uh, Breakfast Club, and August 85 was Weird Science. <laughs> okay. So I'm assuming that like the Weird Science director is like, hey, just do the do same some thing. Of that. <laughs> just do kind of what you did <laughs> on Breakfast thing. Club. <laughs> That's great. Chicks yeah. can't hold their smoke. <laughs> Chicks can't hold That's their smoke. <laughs> Apparently, he's like quoting a Richard Pryor bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so and, and in Weird Science, he's kind of doing a... A, a black voice, but of course the yeah. <laughs> 85 particularly, <laughs> uh, it really starts to pull people out of their shell and everything with, um, especially Allison who, who almost like she's the out, she's an outcast. She's the outsider and stuff. She kind of almost now wants to get in on that. And by the way, does she, does it ever show her smoking weed? No, she does not smoke the weeds. Yeah. So, hmm. so that's the other thing is like, you know, she didn't really get in on the action. However, it, she saw it's, she's an observer. Yeah. She's like watching other people kind of do what they're going to do. And she kind of fits herself into these little pockets and places yeah. until it's time for her to just reveal her own secrets. Well, and, and have stuff. you heard the fan theory about that? No, this is not a Mike fan theory. Okay. Uh, there's a theory that Allison 
made this whole thing up and that she was the only one in detention, which explains why she never actually smoked the weed because there was no weed, okay. right? Uh, it explains why they got away without like outlandish thing like the ceiling broke oh, the yeah. the glass breaks the yeah. there's smoke weed smoke all over the place it explains that like she basically just came up with this all in her head because she's clearly kind of like a crazy person mm-hmm. yeah and that she just is inside of attention just making up stories about friends she doesn't have huh. and she's using cliches because she doesn't know anyone. Sure. So wow. she's just going, well, that's what the athlete would act like. And then that explains the makeover and yeah. uh, how it, all of a sudden she's got a boyfriend who she yeah. had never talked to anybody till that po- day. Kind of a popular yeah. boy. Yeah. So wow. th- th- that's a, that's a pretty that's outlandish fun. fan theory, but it's it's there. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I call that the fifth wall. It's not the fourth wall because <laughs> it's like it's it's this character playing their own god. Yeah. In this, because, <laughs> yeah. because it's it's so far outside of what the actual – it, what it is yeah. or what a story is it's i'm just creating it and now you're watching it yeah happen. that's great crazy right <laughs> oh huh. man wow yes so uh andrew's story uh him taping up uh the what's his name do we know uh larry laster's buns larry laster's buns yeah that's uh, right one thing that really affected me and like really mm. got to me was uh, um brian's reaction to that uh when when he says it, he's like that was you yeah and the look on his face is just like there's history there. Like there's there, like that didn't just affect Larry Lassiter, Lassiter, Laster. I Laster. believe yeah. I think it's Laster. That didn't just affect Larry. It affected his group of friends, mm-hmm. you know, which includes Brian. He's yeah. like, yeah, you knew him. He's like, yeah, I'd. yeah, I know. It seemed like it kind of devastated him. It seemed like it kind of devastated Brian. Like, I'm sure like if one, one of us came to, came to one of each other and be like, dude, someone fucked me up. You know, like he'd be like, shit, man, he's just getting to know Andrew mm-hmm. in this way. And like the walls have come down and all of a sudden he finds out that he just did this to a friend of his yeah. and it paints him in a completely different light. It does. It's it, it, I bet that's like almost, that's very scary. And, and, I, and I'm assuming like, cause he's like, that was you that his friend group has just been like kind of trying to guess who it is because he, the, I'm assuming Larry didn't tell anybody. Yeah. He's just so embarrassed. And right. like, like Andrew says later on, he's like, I'm just picturing him going to his dad and him telling him what happened to him, you know, that's tough. It's, it is very, very heartbreaking that, that whole, that whole thing. But, uh, uh, very human that, that whole, that if, if me, if Emilio Estevez came up with that, that, that is a brilliant, brilliant story. And, uh, yeah, really humanized everything about him to me for sure. Right. As a kid watching that and like, let's say it's, was uh, my fourth time when I, when I finally started to get things right, it forces you to think about how your actions don't affect the one person, mm-hmm. it affects so much mm-hmm. beyond that. Yeah. And that is why I think it's such a big, like, powerful movie, is because of how it makes you think about other people, and like you said previously, how they're just not different from you nope. much at all. Yeah. So it's one of those eye-opening scenes that you're just like, God! Like, you, like I don't know, I don't know if you, if you can watch this and just be like, I don't, this is... I just it just opened up my whole world. Yeah, I mean, I and people who say is like, don't watch the movie. You can't relate to any any characters. Like, there's five characters who have come from completely different backgrounds, who all have a different story, but who all are in the same kind of position. It's just like that's the world, man. And you can <laughs> you relate, too, and at yeah. one point in your life, you can relate to every single one of yeah. those persons. Correct. 
and that and that again was so then Brian tells his his super moving story yeah, yeah. where where the, again it opens up the group's minds where the rest of them are going how could they've alluded to it so many times where like how could you be mad about anything how could your parents ever right. be mad at you your life is perfect yeah just because you're smart and you're yep. but like no it it's not actually mm-hmm. there are things that I don't have that you have mm-hmm. that I wish I had even though they'll seem to make headway then they'll start fighting again yeah. right yeah. it yeah. seemed like that was the moment where they finally like went Phew. yeah because then after his story they talk about well what's going to happen on Monday yeah it's a shocking it's a shocking story too because it, it'd be totally different today obviously for for obvious reasons like it, it would be he wouldn't he wouldn't be there he'd be kicked out for sure yes um mm-hmm. because any bringing anything like that to a school barring what happened right. you know uh it's a very different story today, which is very heartbreaking too. But in 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 that case too, they they all kind of laugh when it's uh, uh when it turns out to be a flare gun yeah. or whatever. But it's still, it's just like Ugh. I was gonna Ugh. say, is it? What do you guys think? Is that funny or is it still? They oof. needed funny because it was so it was so intense. Like you know when yeah. you laugh at things that really aren't funny, but you're yeah. like, <laughs> cool. Like, can we move on to something else? Cool. Yeah. I think that's probably what that was. Yeah. I think there's even a moment where like, you know, Brian is, and he's, uh, he poured himself out over this, you know, and he's like, he's talked about the pressure and it is, you know, when you're good at something, you're pressured to be better yeah. than what, than just being good at it. And when you get better at something, you're pressured to continue to do well. And he, he saw this as his, even if I even if I get A's the rest of the semester is still a, still a B. I'm not an A. I'm not the I'm not what I was supposed to be and everything. And that's that also alludes to the fact of like when you are when you're that age, the world is that high school. Mm-hmm. The world is that small. You know that it, the world is that B that you're gonna be. You know what I mean? It's just so it's so much smaller than what the world actually is. Yep. And but uh, unfortunately, that's just as far as your your scope is. Mm-hmm. And so he goes through this whole heartbreaking story, and it is. It's just, it's like, it's like detrimental for him and like really breaks him down really hard. And so I think after that, you're right. They need this like, they need this kind of laughing point. And he says, it's a flare gun. It's like, it went off in my locker. <laughs> and I, I think about, I think about just all of a sudden a locker exploding. <laughs> <laughs> and at first you think, Jesus, was that a bomb? Was that an attempt? Was that something like that? Yep. And think of like what Vernon went through in that moment. <laughs> and that's why he knows Johnson so well. You know what I mean? He's like, sit down, Johnson. <laughs> just, I've already had to deal with enough of your shit this yeah, week. That makes sense. <laughs> like, that does. Is that why Carl knows his name too? Maybe that's why Carl knows it because he just had to clean it up. He just came in for the library. What's up, Johnson? Oh, your dad worker? Hey, Brian. <laughs> Your dad working, <laughs> and so it's like it starts to really like draw to light like a lot of things as to why he's so well known amongst yeah. not probably because he's such an academic and he becomes to the belongs yeah. to those clubs. It's because he because he's a flare gun went off in yeah. his lock. Yeah. And what and who the fuck does that? <laughs> who the fuck? Where do and, you even find a flare gun? And dude? where do you find yeah. a flare? You know, and so so then he comes back around and and Andrew's trying not to laugh and Bender's just like, come on, it is. Kind of funny, and there's like they all start kind of erupting, and he's like, he's like I guess, yeah, like, fucking elephant was destroyed. <laughs> you know, he kind of gets in on it too, and he it's it's that as sad as that moment is, and how how like devastating it is, how like uh, almost traumatizing. It's like he he it's this moment where he realizes 
you're right. It's yeah. it is funny. He wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna. It tr- is. He wasn't gonna attempt that. Yeah. No. It, was, it was just a dramatic a gesture. I think. Yeah. And I think they realized that. Right. And it being a flare gun is just like, come on. Yeah. Yep. The the realization that like they probably won't be talking the coming the next coming Monday or whatever. What do you guys think about that? I know Mike, like you you said in high school, you were pretty uh, inclusive with everybody who kind of came along. Were, were you guys like at all clicky with anybody? Like just like friend wise, would like would would someone come around and and be like uh, be nice to their face, and then when they walked away, be like, oh, I don't actually really like that kid. Was is that was that kind of a thing in high school for you guys? Well, that's that's the problem, right? Is that uh they they won't be able to explain like uh andrew won't be able to explain to his friends why brian is cool now yeah he won't be able to do that so he will treat brian with better with a better attitude and and will just try not to be a mean guy anymore but they're not they're not going to hang out yeah like mm-hmm. it's not going to happen i don't think that's the way I viewed it because that's still high school yep. and you can't, you're, the approval of your 20 closest friends are more important than Brian's approval, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't have a very good vibe for the future for them, at, but I also think they're, they've learned enough to be better people, but I don't think like they're going to be best friends. I agree. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, like especially in Claire's, like a lot of, a lot of what she said was very profound. We're just like, you don't, know how hard it is like all the pressure that i have on me it's like it is very true but also everyone has this tremendous pressure on them they're in fucking high school right you know what what bender says is just it's it's not it's not you're not a bitch because you won't you like you won't uh just say to his face right now that you're his friend but like you're a bitch because you won't have the guts to admit to your friends that he's an actual nice guy right you know therein lies where the seed i planted earlier of bender saying i'm being honest i expect you i would expect you to know the difference I'm being honest. He's being honest about the fact that, although he's not saying it in a nice way, Neo Maxi's Zoom Dweeby. Zoom Dweeby. That, yeah, I'm not saying it in a nice way, but it is the truth Mm -hmm. to Bender. Yeah. That being said, it comes back around, and he said, Bender calls Claire on it now, and what sounds very hypocritical, you know? And you're just like, it's like, well, you just, you were bagging on Brian earlier. You're mm-hmm. being an asshole earlier, dude. And then, and then he comes back around. And it's like, and he says, it's like, no, it's not because it's because you know, it's a shitty thing to do. Yeah. That's why it's terrible that you, that's, that's why it's not honest. You're being honest about it. You're being shitty about it still. Yeah. You're talking about the future. I'm talking about like past or what it is, you know? So it's like in the future, you're, you're choosing to uh, be that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's shitty, <laughs> yeah. and that's 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 deep. Like it is. It's very deep. There's yeah. There's no way out of that, right? This is a deep episode, boys. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> a lot less jokes on this one. Well, let's 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 liven it up with the dance scene. Okay. Hey, yeah, I want to dance. So, so um, among a dance scene, now that we've now that we've established ourselves as right. great friends and we resolve this, uh, we get a dance scene. Claire gives Allison a makeover, which sparks romantic interest from Andrew. Claire decides to break her pristine, innocent appearance by kissing John Bender. As the detention nears its end, the group requests that Brian complete the essay for everyone. Brian 
Brian leaves the essay in the library for Vernon to read after they leave. As the students part ways, Allison and Andrew kiss, as do Claire and John. Allison rips Andrew's state champion patch from his jacket to keep, and Claire gives John one of her diamond earrings, which he puts on. Vernon reads the essay in which Brian states that Vernon has already judged who they are using stereotypes and that Vernon is crazy if he thinks they'll tell him who they are. Brian correspondingly states that each one of us is a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. Does that answer your question? He signs off the essay with sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. Mm -hmm. John is last seen raising his fist while walking through an empty football field. Hey, 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 hey! Oh, it's so good. Iconic. To uh, to backtrack just a tiny bit. A little bit. Uh, the preamble to uh, the the whole circle scene when they when they're getting high and, and kind of having fun and looking at each other's bags and wallets and stuff like that. Uh, they also kind of embody like every stage of being high. <laughs> to, like <laughs> like different kind of people like <laughs> being high is like when the, when they get high. It also shows the different levels of high that high people can get. The stoic hangout type, the goofy as fuck type, the truth teller type, and the how the hell do you have this much energy <laughs> type when you just smoked five fucking bong ribs, dude. And with it, with that being Andrew screaming and, and, and breaking, breaking the glass. <laughs> Sorry, that's all I had. No, John, John, I think it's perfect. John Hughes had later stated his biggest regret about the film was breaking was making the breaking glass happen <laughs> after the Andrews, which for me was yes. like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I hated that part, but you know, at least John Hughes admitted it. That, that, and maybe the breaking glass in the very beginning too. But so, yeah. so that, that brings me to like my kind of uh, thing about Vernon is like, we're all Vernon and Bender. If, if there, if there was, a mirror they'd probably see each other so i'm saying i'm thinking that's like kind of like a mirror right holding like them their younger selves up to like the older generation or like maybe the older generation seeing the movie having that mirror break and seeing the the glimpse of of what these kids go through is is exactly what they did that's kind of my thing uh, of the mirror or like the glass breaking yeah. in, the, in the beginning but maybe it's a little, a little a stretch but yep yeah um, the dance scene was a was a big deal, and I'm sure uh, I don't know if you guys saw this too, but it t- turns out like Molly Ringwald was supposed to do it. She was supposed to be the dancer. She was going to dance, so do this dance herself. scene by herself, and she was nervous to do it. So they decided that everyone was going to get in on the dance action, and it did add to this kind of like like you're like you're talking about like that surreality, that that surreal vibe. Of, of like why is there a dance happening <laughs> but then it's kind of fun like I think it really just it does like how how do you come off of the scene like yeah. the, like that we as a movie film review comedy podcast can't even take onto a joke <laughs> how do you break that up <laughs> like, dancing dancing and so it makes sense it's perfect you know? I liked Molly's dance too yeah Oh, I yeah, thought that was, was a really cool one. dance, up, and apparently she's stairs. like, I don't like my dance. I'm like, I thought that was a really cool dance. Yeah, that was a good dance. It was a weird movement that I don't even think I could do. But I, I feel like you should. that's what they should have modeled the Peanuts after. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It would have been a lot better. The Peanuts would have been a lot better. Cool, Charles man. Schultz. Uh, rest in peace. <laughs> rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> but um, the whole dance scene, I think it it just shows us like this buddy, this camaraderie, this like new like lease on life it's the rebirth of this group yep. they become the breakfast club now mm-hmm. that's what i think that this really signifies like it's not the circle it was this this is now their rebirth you know i agree it's the perfect like 80s uh move uh to after a huge like kind of heavy scene to just put 
a dance number. And if Footloose has taught me anything. Exactly. I think it could have been anything. And as a dance scene, it's, I think it's just perfect. And to that song is, is a cool song too. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so we get uh, Bender kind of sneaking back to uh, yep. his like locker. Uh, yeah. Just storage janitorial closet. Janitorial closet yeah. thing. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Molly or Claire uh, comes in and uh, does a whole kiss thing and everything like that. What do you guys think about that? What do you guys think about them getting together? You and, mean, Potentially even hooking up. You mean, did they do it? I mean, what? Yeah, <laughs> well, that. And also, <laughs> how do you feel about it? Like, do you? Is it? It's not going to work. It's not going to work for one. I think. I think. I do agree with whoever said it that it's kind of tacked on. And, the, the, and you mean that, that, like we could? This movie could have ended after the the heavy s- stories and then showing them kind of bonding as friends, and then they could have left. Yeah. It was not needed, but it also was, uh, I did like it though. Like I yeah. liked the final scene, not necessarily the, uh, Allie getting made up and then Andrew taking a liking to her, like, eh, whatever, or her going to the closet and, and making out, eh. but like them, them, their, their parting ways at the end was very awesome. I did like that a lot compared to how they all came into the school yeah. and now how they're all leaving the school. That's true. It's like, it's like that magical. It's that high school mysticism, right? Like where one day could seriously change, alter the course of your life. Right. That yeah. just yeah. like magical. I mean, they are completely different people now. It, it might not last, but Definitely I won't. did <laughs> <laughs> Might not prop definitely won't. Uh, but I did like I did like that part. But I, it did feel forced, right? Yeah, honestly, I I would have even been okay with them just kissing at the end and not do the closet scene, right? Like like maybe just like even just like a peck on the cheek or something like that, you to, know, to inspire like, well, maybe. Yeah, I think that would have been a little bit better for like, me. No, we're dating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, on Monday we're gonna tell everybody and scream at the top of our lungs. Like, I don't think that's gonna happen. You know, I think it was just like this one moment, and I think if it's it's if it's like because we're all we all know that it's probably not gonna work out, and so with that aspect, it's just to have them just kind of like that that question mark of like maybe is good enough for me. Yeah, I like that. I think that Andrew and Allison very viable. Okay? Yeah. Very reasonable. I get why I get the whole like, oh, I'm going to do a makeover and then like then he's like stricken by this. So she's all that moment. Yeah, it, it is. You know, it's your first, you know, slow-mo entrance. Congratulations. Yeah. Golf clap. I think it's still it's like she still played it up really well. You can still see she has this is a credit to Ali Sheedy and her acting in this is she still has those awkward girl moments like just like accentuating her chin and like like now she's speaking her thoughts and, and emotions rather than just letting them sit inside and lashing out randomly. Um and so it was a good like really good like transition and she's like still very the shy girl and everything, but her looks don't yeah. personify that. So I thought that was really good. I do agree about it's like, so Claire's breaking the rules now and she's going to the closet <laughs> and stuff. And so I don't know the whole kiss on the, he does say like, wouldn't I be outstanding in that yeah. capacity of pissing your parents off basically it does make sense so i mean i guess that's maybe what they wanted to solidify or that just kind of helps solidify it but yeah it's like i do like i do like that that's a good point mike like they went in separate a lot of them just came out together and there yeah. it was noticed their parent all of their parents looked at them different yeah when just in a matter of eight hours mm-hmm. they were like what 
And you know, like Allie's going to be able to get in that car and she probably hadn't said a word to her parents in years. Mm -hmm. And now she's going to get in that car and be like, listen up, bitches. That's right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like they all have, they all have changed in, in some sort of a way mm -hmm. to where like life's going to be better. Mm -hmm. Maybe for a day, maybe for the rest of their lives. It's going to mm -hmm. be a little bit better all because of that. Did you guys see uh, who Brian's dad is? No. Is it John Hughes? It's John Hughes. Yeah. Really? John, John Hughes is Brian's dad who picks him up. Cool. Yeah. That's his own. He usually does his own little cameo in his movies uh, in some way, shape, or form if he can. If he can work it in, he'll he'll do that. And that, that was his That's really was his nice. little thing in that he, he put in there. He's so, a fucking genius. Yeah, he is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's uh, well, they're all we going away. And he, he walks across the football field to lift his fist you, in the and air. And you know that was uh, improvised? Yes. The fist. He said, That's right. He told him to play around with a few things. He was oh, just supposed man. to walk away, but yeah. that freeze, I hate freeze frames. I know. <laughs> but this one worked. I know. This one worked for me. It is the it is the fucking punch in the air period to the movie, and it, and we all feel it. I feel it. Yep. Like it is just like, whoa. Bender, you you remember like that the first time like you meet a girl and yeah, like man. that the that energy cannot be chain like cannot be created from anything else other than the excitement of getting in a relationship and just right. being like oh yeah. when i feel like i feel like that moment too him walking away and like just putting a period to the day even is just like he came away with something not even just claire but he came away with like diamond diamond earring bro <laughs> oh, di yeah some diamonds some that fucking rock dude yeah, that's right um they married now I, I think i think he i think he uh went in with a purpose a little bit or he didn't even know that he went in with a purpose but he he came out with uh, an uh, uh, like a thinking that he might have changed some people and that now he's changed a little mm -hmm. bit because mm -hmm. uh, like we were saying without him none of this probably would have happened no and so yeah him him being like the kind of chaos that uh, they all needed i think he kind of feels like a, a some sort of um uh, uh accomplishment yeah honestly mm -hmm. Well, should we uh, should we get to these modern day reviews? I think so. It's do time. we let AJ go first, or we do let do we let him go last? Last, please. Okay. Then then I'm going to start it. Okay. My my modern day reviews. There, despite the the things that would not exist if this movie was remade today. The the stereotyping, the mental illness, the the bullying, the a sexual assault <laughs> derogatory dialogue um this is a snapshot in time like mm -hmm. and that's what you have to appreciate it for it, it should not should not be canceled it, it is it is a snapshot in time it would totally be different it was recorded nowadays but like this movie hits everyone it hits teenagers it hits 20 somethings it hits 30 it hit it hits me in in my 30s and i feel like it hits people in their 40s and 50s because it just reminds you of what it was like to to be a teenager and like have important things that you were dealing with but not being able to see into the future yet of what it real really was but then knowing what you know and knowing you don't want to be like adults still becoming an adult mm -hmm. and we're then looking back on teenagers being like god damn it i wish i could like try that over again like yeah. here i am it's so good it's so good i i think there's some issues with it but at the same time like it is an important lesson in like being a human being and in learning to live as a human so i i mean i was a five or whatever i'm i think it's like an 8.5 i mean i thought it was awesome 
I 100% agree. Um, I, I, I think the, the notion of this movie being like uh, in, in the Smithsonian or something like that, or like the Library of Congress is, is completely warranted and apt because it just does not age. And truthfully, neither do fucking we. Yeah. You know, it's there like people still as a, as 40 year olds, like my mom, we, we used to work at Quaker Oats and she said it was just like fucking high school. I used to work at Norsham and it didn't change. It was just, we were just making money, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it seemed like high school again. And it's just like, we, we just don't grow out of it. And, uh, we just, like I said, we just got to kind of find these people to relate to, to kind of overcome this bullshit, to mm-hmm. to overcome this like insecurity, to overcome this fear of growing old. And I think that's what Vernon is, is really the epitome of is he's scared and so is Bender, and so is all these other people, and he doesn't realize that he, they're scared too. <laughs> Everybody's scared. Everyone's freaking Being the a fuck human, out. dude. <laughs> Being, having a fucking uh, house is scary, I imagine. You know, like ha- bills and shit. It's it's all fucking bullshit, but the in between is, is where it's at, and that's yep. what this movie shows. It's a fucking 9.5 for me. Yeah. Okay. AJ's going to be like, I hated it. It's a two. <laughs> Nowadays, this movie just doesn't hold up. No, <laughs> no um,. This is a this is just it's a movie that I can uh, I can find and put on um, at good points in my life at low points in my life uh, whatever um, you're feeling up you're feeling down um, and you're right like it just it takes you through this roller coaster of emotions that just just takes you back you know and it makes you it it kind of just it helps like almost like it's almost like a reset button for when like your, your stresses in life, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, uh, to be able to watch it and, uh, and to be able to look forward and not backward, you know, even though, like you say, this movie never ages and it just, it makes you think about what is honestly some of the, they call it the best years of your life. And it's some of the hardest years of your life because you're trying so hard to get through it yeah. unscathed and it's impossible. And so, um, and, and you watch it happen and they, they force these things and these interactions with people who don't belong together, apparently, and then, uh, and then make you realize that people are just not different. Even the adults in this scenario, they're not different. You just happen to <laughs> X nay them even harder because, and you don't want to listen to them because you don't want to hear it. You know, um, the quote, uh, in the very beginning from David Bowie says, that the, the kids are very aware of what's happening to them, mm-hmm. you know, and they are very aware. However, I just think, I do think that it's one of those reminders that they're also not aware of the world around them. Yeah. And so it's one of these movies that is impossible to not be emotional about. Uh, obviously, if you just listen to this entire podcast episode, I <laughs> <Yeah>. think that's <laughs> apparent. Yeah. And so I, I don't know that anything could ever be a 10 out of 10 because I still find like my little totally. issues here and there. Always. So I have to, I'm going to go at, at a, at a, a 9.8, uh, for this. Does movie, it still guys. retain the title? It still retains the title. Nice. A damn beautiful thing. Yeah. It's an emotional episode, boys. That's about <laughs> as deep as we've gotten so far. Bam the lamb. Now, now let's move on to three ninjas kickback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi-ya! 
<laughs> no, we're, we're so glad you, you stuck around and enjoyed this episode. As of recording this in mid-March 21, it is available for streaming on Peacock. So give it a watch. And continuing with the weekly content, tune in next Wednesday as we bring you another amazing-filled mini-bite episode. We're going to tackle one of the quintessential scary kids television shows of the 90s. We're, of course, talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark? We know AJ is. And in two weeks, yes. <laughs> we, we will be back reviewing classic movies heading into a group consensus pick in honor uh-huh. of, in honor of the upcoming release of the brand new Mortal Kombat movie. What are we doing? We're going to discuss the original Mortal Kombat. Uh, 1995. I We might get some phone calls about that one. <laughs> I hope so, goddammit. Okay. <laughs> so, so give us a call, uh, 319-804-9596. Let us know what you thought of the episode, and AJ, take it out. Guys, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode, along with all the other episodes, and rating and reviewing us on the platform that you're listening on currently. You took a moment, you reviewed us, you wrote something down, you gave us that five star, and then you even stopped for a second, you you clicked pause, and you called us. What what number, Mike? 319-804-9596. Thank you so much for doing that and giving us a call. We really appreciate it. You're probably listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, CastBox, Stitcher, all the great uh, podcast outlets and all the small ones, too, that we just didn't mention. Uh, But make sure you also join in on any conversations we have along the way with uh, Facebook. Uh, It's just Facebook.com slash Confused Breakfast. Instagram at Confused Breakfast. Twitter, Confused BeFast. And, of course, the ever-growing TikTok where we get to throw all of these fun little tidbits at you uh on a regular basis hell yeah how about that you can find me uh sean power 237 on instagram and tiktok and uh that tiktok if you want to see some me licking the camera videos just get on there (laughs) and let me know i don't know anything about licking cameras um as i said before you can find me anywhere on social media a-j-a-y-v-e-n-s uh, i also have my link tree up and going because i, fi- I discovered that and i think it's really cool link tree aj vens a-j-a-y-v-e-n-s link tree is the bomb man it is i would like to not be silly and i would like to tell you i am officially endorsed by collision drumsticks Ooh, so go rad. buy some drumsticks heck yeah dog Look at that okay well sincerely yours the confused breakfast mm. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.